of years ago, Robert Island wrote a classic science fiction book called Stranger in a Strange Land. And I'm suspecting that many of you folks out there might feel the same exact way. Uh, talking about being a stranger in a strange land, being in situations where we're unfamiliar with and being in uncharted territory. Hi, this is Jim Ellermeyer. I'm a behavioral health therapist, and you've tuned into the Fishing Without Bait podcast, a lifetime without definitive expectations, where we try to assist people on participating in their lives through what we like to term as full impact mindfulness. And today, as always, I'm joined by my uh, good friend, uh, co-host and producer of this program, Mr. Mike. Hello, Jim. How are you today? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, that's, uh, I guess uh, sometimes the answer I give to people, and sometimes they kind of depends on their perspective, and we'll talk about that later, is I'll say compared to what? Compared to when we could usually do this in, in front of each other in a studio. Yes. And again, what we talk about, Mike, is we talked about adaptability and flexibility. Stepping back from a situation and looking at it rather than participating in it. I would suggest that many folks out there, and particularly maybe younger people, are thinking, of things that they can't do rather than things that they can. And that's a change in perspective. Have you run many folks that are uh, maybe playing the poor me's and saying, oh my gosh, this is awful? Absolutely. As you know, a lot of people that I work with are in the kind of live event space. Let's say performers. Yes. Let's say people that uh, record events where everybody is in the same space, whether that be a studio or, or something else. There's a lot of, I miss doing my job at this point. I miss being in that experience because that was a release for them. Yes, yes, absolutely. So as everyone may be aware, or if you're not aware, you are now. I am in long-term recovery from drug and alcohol addiction. And I really enjoy speaking at inpatient rehabs. And one of the exercises that I like to do is to get four or five people get them in front of me, and I'll stand in front of them a few feet away and say, pretend I'm a smiling horse. I'm the smiling face of a horse. What do you see? Well, I get a lot of comments, of course. And then I'll ask them to go around behind me, and I'll bend over. And I'll say, now what do you see? And I get a lot of colorful comments. So, But the idea is, then I ask them the question. I said, here's the point of this exercise. Did the horse move? And then some lights go on and they'll say no. And I'll say, who did? And they'll say, we did. Right. So some of us go through our lives, Mike, by wishing to try to change or manipulate people, places, things, situations to our liking. However, what I try to get the point across is that the horse doesn't move. Only you can move. Every situation has a front end and a back end, literally and figuratively. And it depends which end of that horse you wish to look at. What is your perspective? Have you ever have you ever said people to them, Look at the sunny side. There's another side to this situation. Or is like Bonnie Python used to sing, look on the bright side of life? <laughs> yes, yes. But no one ever actually tells you how to do that. You know, so we'll all turn that frown upside down. 
Well, the idea is to actually make that conscious choice to accept the fact that, okay, I can't change this situation. However, I can change how I view it. And that involves a choice. And I think in one of the upcoming podcasts, I think we might want to take each one of the uh, tattoos that I have and go further and explain the, the meaning of each one of those. However, each person can change their perspective. The horse isn't going to change. The issues that we're confronting right now in real time, the, the pandemic, is not going to change. Many people are quarantining, I hope. Uh, so tell me, tell me about your experiences with the quarantine, Mike. Well, for us, thankfully, we do have space uh, between our studio and our home. So we have been kind of quarantining between them. It's been tough, you know, much like we're doing this separate, uh, you know, and, and doing that kind of thing. It's tough because I'm a very social person. I'm used to saying I need to get out and get my mind off of things. Let's go to a theater and detach. And that kind of simply isn't available to me. Theaters are not open. Libraries are not open. Gatherings are not permitted. Uh, restaurants are closed. Concert venues are closed, and on and on and on. Now, these are for good reasons, and we can rail against them. However, uh, like we often talk about, the Department of Transportation would, when they'd have a construction project, would put up a sign, temporary inconvenience, permanent improvement. And in the 12-step world, Mike, we have a saying. Have you ever heard the saying that God doesn't close one door without opening in another? Yes, I'm very familiar with that. In the 12-step world, what we say is that's true. However, it can be hell in the hallway. So I suggest to people, welcome to the hallway. And that's a lot about what therapy and life is about how to navigate the hall. So tell me how you're navigating the hall. Thankfully, I've been personally spending more attention to being home as it is. So I kind of was preparing for this a little bit and uh, uh, making my home kind of welcoming again as much as I can. Uh, so I've taken this as an opportunity to be home, to, to you know, uh, uh, enjoy my wife's cooking, uh, <laughs> to, uh, uh, you know, sit down and watch that program that we put off for so many months because we're always so busy. Uh, you know, and opportunities to still connect with each other in other digital ways. So I, I, I am honestly the most caught up with my laundry as I have been in a year. <laughs> okay. How many, how many things have you been looking around the house and say, well, someday I'll get to that. When I get around to it, if I only had the time. You know, I had a thing going into this that I've been thinking about a lot lately. Because, you know, I, I collect video games and maybe not have a whole ton of time to play them and, and, and you, know, you know, movies and Netflix and all that kind of stuff. And my, 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 my wish list, my, my watch list has been growing exponentially. And, you know, usually it's like I, I just have this thought in my head of, you know, someday, you know, maybe there'll, something will come up and, you know, maybe I'll, I'll get sick and need to waste some time while I'm, I'm recovering uh, you know, a, a, a flu or something, and I can catch up with those things and watch those things or, or, or something like that. And this was that thing, apparently. 
And what we often talk about on this program, Mike and I do in my therapy practice, is I help people understand what is important. What's important in their life? And I'm going to reiterate the concept that we have that we are spiritual beings. We're having a human experience, and it's our attachment to and obsession with the human experience that causes many of our anxieties and distress. And that life is absurd. It's absurd, Mike. So if we choose to step back and look at situations and see the absurdity of them, we can. it makes a whole lot more sense to us, and actually we can move on a little quicker from it. I, I, speaking of the observe, I, I like that people are adapting to this and still trying to communicate. And there's a discussion about should you let your dog la- jump in your lap during a meeting? And now we're seeing this on like the CBS News when people are, are connecting and talking about serious things. You know, it, this has been such a great look into people's lives. One of my cats is laying beside me on the couch as we speak. <laughs> So I, I don't think my cats are quite uh, used to me being around so much. Uh, they're used to me be gone most of the time. Uh, however, isn't it amazing that animals are much more adaptable than humans? They're just like, hey, you're home more. This is okay. Yes, and they, they, they appreciate that. So animals seem to be more willing and humans seem to be more willful about the way that they operate. So one of the things that uh, we often caution people on is I'm sure you've heard the line that familiarity breeds contempt. And when people are around each other in a confined space, and it may you may have a large house or a large apartment, however, it's still a confined space. So tell me about uh, tell me about your experience with that. So for us, you know, thankfully we do we do have a full house, so there is a little bit of space. We all kind of um, land on the couch, if you will, <laughs> whether that be with video games or movies or whatnot. But uh, I, I have been um, exploring other parts of my house that I have not for a while. I have my old office that has been kind of storage a little bit uh, with some old uh, old old stuff. I, I've been trying to spend a little more time up there because there are some. You know my stash of old video games and, and 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 at least separating a little bit, so we're not both trying to do things like different on the couch and and, and getting a little too much sensory overload. Um, you know, thankfully we had a worn day, so I got to uh, revisit my uh, my my porch as well, and uh, and it's always nice because while we are at least in in our state have a kind of stay at home order. That doesn't stop you from driving. You can get in your car and go somewhere, and that has been really liberating. Uh, to be able to do that, to drop off um, care packages for our friend, uh, you know, Missy's been doing some home, some home cooking, and 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 we're delivering that to people. Uh, just to have that little bit of interaction and 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 kind of deliver that a little bit. Right. That's that's wonderful. So doing for others and getting out of yourself. Uh, so here's a suggestion. Mike, for sometimes when words may be misconstrued or come out in an emotional reaction, have you ever been invited to a birthday party, anniversary party, wedding, etc.? Yes. Okay, sure. I hope everyone has. And 
if you're invited to a birthday party, Mike, what are you expected to bring? A present. Yes. So if you're invited to an argument party, what are you expected to bring there? A point of view. Uh, And an argument, sure. Uh, Now, I'm sure that you have had to decline invitations to events. Of course. Yes. So give me a reason that you cannot decline an invitation to an argument party. Uh, I don't know about a good one. No, no. So just imagine and imagine this scenario, Mike, when someone wants to start a confrontation or starts to push your buttons or leads you into a conversation like in politics or religion or whatever, you know that's not going to have a a resolution. You can choose not to participate. I'd love for someone to say to someone, it appears that you're inviting me to an argument party. However, please do not be offended. However, I'm declining the invitation and turn around and walk away. And also, it's the actions of people. Remember, Life is based on events, Mike. It's not based on words. Uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson, I've read, been reading some of his work, and he had a uh, quote that was incredibly telling. And what it says was, your actions speak so loudly that I cannot hear what you're saying. I can see that applied to a lot of people that have personalities, especially online, on television, and in politics a lot, too. Yes. There's often a disconnect between people's actions and their words. And as a little segue here, it goes into 12-step recovery. Uh, A person goes out and does something stupid or regretful, and then they go to the individual whom it has affected, and they'll say, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, I promise I won't do it again. Those are words. What a person wants to see is not all the words. A person wants to see a change in a person's thoughts and their actions. Uh, Thoughts and their actions. So that quote really played loudly with me, really resonated we just had this conversation with uh, Will a couple episodes ago about the weight of saying, I'm sorry, you can only do it so much without acting on it. Yes, indeed. It's it, Again, it's a change in your thoughts and your actions. Saying you're sorry, Mike, means you won't do it again, and you will not do it again. If you walked, if you robbed a bank and you went up to the judge, judge, I'm terribly sorry, I deeply regret my actions. And maybe the judge goes easy on you, doesn't give you that much time in jail. But when you get out of jail, you go rob another bank. Your actions speak much louder than words do. Absolutely. So that means being observant and mindful about how you behave, how you behave. Maybe it seems like decades ago when we did uh, an episode on the chaos theory that the the wings of a butterfly moving in South America could cause a hurricane over in England. Uh, So everything is interconnected and everything has an effect, okay? You've heard of the term cause and effect. And one of Newton's laws was for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, okay? 
do we really consider how our actions are impacting others? Unfortunately, not enough. Yes. So that brings us back to one of our most recent podcasts was about doing no harm. One of the ways in which we could view our actions and our words are, is this doing any intentional harm to anyone or anything? So that's kind of a test it could pass through. And if you're not doing any intentional harm to anyone or anything, then please do as you wish. However, it's our job to do no intentional harm to anyone or anything. Have you ever done anything out of spite? I'll, I'll do this just to spite him. Unfortunately, yes. In, in moments of weakness, that'll happen. Yes, yes. And that's, and that's revenge, and that's bitterness, and that's resentment. A life run on resentment certainly cannot be a success. Uh, so who's getting hurt? When you have a deep resentment against someone, Mike, who's getting hurt? Usually yourself, because you're spending so much negative energy on that, and that just affects you. That's correct. And the Buddha says that having a resentment against someone is like drinking poison and hoping the other person will die. Uh, so, but the important thing is, and this is important, and we're talking about interactions between people who are confined to close quarters. We cannot assume that other people know how we think, know how we feel, and know what our needs are. It's our job to tell significant others, here's how I think, here's how I feel, and here's what my needs are, and it's that other person's job to say, thank you for letting me know. Have you ever been with a person and you just have a kind of a cold war going on where you're refusing to speak to each other? Yes, sometimes made a lot easier by the mute button on social media. <laughs> well, how about sitting at the supper table and maybe the maybe your mother and or your father are upset with each other and the mother might say, John, would you tell your father that I would like to have the butter, please? <laughs> Thankfully, I've never been in that situation. Uh-huh. Well, that, that, that certainly does happen. And sometimes we go through intermediaries. Would you ask John why he's so upset with me? Uh, no, please ask. Uh, please ask them yourself. I'll give you a little scenario. Uh, Dr. Safter Chaudhry, the uh, wonderful psychiatrist that I was associated with for many years, when when someone would come in and say to him, so-and-so this, so-and-so that, or so-and-so needs help, he would say to them, that person has a voice and they can use it. So he, dis he disliked uh, people putting words in and trying to convey what other people were doing or feeling. Yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't acceptable, and I think that happens a whole lot. One of the things, and again, we're talking about interpersonal relationship skills here, is active listening. Active listening. How many times have you been in a conversation, and if the person stopped and said, "Mike, could you repeat back to me what I just said?" How many times could you do that? Unfortunately, unfortunately, a few times I can't because of my scattered brain. Yes, and the reason for that is? Your your brain wasn't receiving that information. It wasn't really processing it. Where was your brain? Somewhere else. Uh-huh. Okay. So here we're talking about concentrating 
and paying attention on purpose. When you're with somebody and you actually choose to enter into a conversation with them, then they deserve your full attention. Not your phone, not what you're going to have for dinner, not the rent that's due tomorrow. It's them. It's it's getting in a mindset and focusing and listening to them. So what you could get into the mindset of is when you're engaged with a person in a conversation to say to yourself, the rest of the world does not exist. This is the most important person in the universe at this moment. And pay attention. So one of the ways to know or let the other person know that you are listening to them is to restate some of the words that they say. So if someone says to you, hey, Mike, I really feel like going downtown today. Then you could say, oh, what I'm hearing you say is that you want to go downtown. When you restate what they say, doesn't that show another person that you're actually listening to them? Yeah, it really does show that you're actually listening to them. Uh, (laughs) See what I did there? (laughs) Yes, it does. Yes, you did. And one of the one of the in therapy school, what we're taught is to avoid asking why questions, avoid asking why questions, which we seem to love to do. Um, So would you say to me that my wife and I are having chicken for dinner tonight? Would you say that to me? Would you repeat it? Uh, But my wife and I are having chicken dinner tonight. And if I would say to you in response, why are you and your wife having chicken tonight, Mike? Now you have to defend having chicken. And you have to explain to me why you're having chicken. That puts people on the defensive. That puts people on the defensive. Why questions are, they're investigative. It's like being on a witness stand. Rather, you could choose to say, I could restate it all. You and your wife are having chicken tonight. And then you could explain to me, yes, yes. Or there's there's often what we call a gentle confrontation. So one of the ways that I explain gentle confrontations, particularly to physician assistant students that we used to mentor, was I'd give them this scenario. I'd say, Mary you tell me that you enjoy coming here, and I truly believe that. You're really curious, you participate, you ask intelligent questions, you volunteer. However, you're 45 minutes late every day. Could you help me understand that? Could you help me understand that? That's a a way for a person to be able to explain themselves, Mike. It's something that everyone could incorporate. Rather than saying why, you could say, oh, tell me more about that, like the chicken dinner. My wife and I are having a chicken dinner tonight. Oh, tell me more about that. And then you can go into why you like chicken so much or what you're going to have. And it shows that you're interested in their conversation. Uh, And you and I have discussed this before as to the sweetest sound that a person can hear in a conversation. 
which would be the sound of their own voice, Mike. <laughs> the sweetest sound that a person can hear, Brother Sorg, is the sound of their own voice. People love to hear their names. We enjoy engaging with people, and when you're using their names, it keeps them engaged. And actually, when they hear their own name, Mike, it perks them up. It has to draw them back to the moment. It has to. How embarrassing is it when you're in the middle of an interview or a conversation and you forget their names? Oh, I'm very familiar with that situation. Yeah. Uh, how do you handle that? Um, usually dancing around it a little bit, but uh, you know, I, I try to establish that at the beginning. But uh, you know, sometimes it just kind of escapes me. Well, it's okay to write that down too. Or how many has anybody ever stopped you on a street or a party, and they engage you? They know your name and they're talking to you, and you couldn't pick them out of a crowd. Oh, yeah. I feel so bad. I, I, you know, when that happens and I'll turn to the person, I was like, I have no idea who that was. Well, and at that times, perhaps it, it according to your choosing, it might good to be truthful. One of the things that I say, and believe me, none of these things I came up on my own. They're all they're all taken from places or people. I would say to them, excuse me, you have me at a disadvantage. I misremembered your name. Now, misremembered is saying a, is a lot kinder thing than saying I forgot who you are. When you tell somebody that you forget their name, well, how does that how does that make a person feel? It adds a little more weight to it, just like the uh, you know making somebody defend themselves, like we talked about earlier. Sure, it makes you it makes you feel like you're not important. Gee, I know his name; he forgot mine. Uh, but if you tell them, I misremember, that's kind of a nice, softer way of saying, I don't know. <laughs> so the whole idea is this interaction. We, Of course, we always want to be respectful of, uh, of the other person's feelings. Okay. And at the beginning of this podcast, before we even started, Mike, I suggested that I'm not going to go through a list of things that people could do when they're bored. All right. Uh, there's, there's plenty of that out. So what I'd like you to do is be able to change your focus. Which end of the horse are you choosing to look at? And that works for everybody because when you talk about a list of things you can do, that doesn't apply to everybody's situation. Well, generally, when you think of a list of things that people can do, they're, they're a list of things that you like to do. Well, gee, why don't you go play video games? Why don't you watch movies? Why do connect on social media? That's something that I know you like. And generally, we suggest to people things that we like to do. And rather than saying, well, what gives you some joy? What gives you some fun? So have you ever been around a child and it's on board, there's nothing to do? I'm sure that you've said that often, too. And it seems so crazy to say in these days with so much at our at our fingertips yes that does so you ask them again well which end of the horse are you choosing to look at here uh, and we get we get caught up in our own self-pity and remorse also uh, however and sometimes that's an okay place to be and sometimes we'll say i'll let's say my uh my granddaughter my grandson uh, my youngest granddaughter uh, is not speaking syllables yet 
Uh, however, I would, when, let's say they're crying or whatever, and I would say to them, I would say to my granddaughter, Ruby, does crying help, honey? Does crying help? If it does, you can continue to cry. Well, sometimes she continues to cry, Mike, and other times she'll look at me and say, no, Papa, it doesn't. I say, okay, honey, you can stop anytime you choose. So giving, giving people a choice, giving people a choice, and understanding that you're important, that is the message I want to get out to everyone today, that they are important. What is good for them is good for everyone in that circle. We've talked before about the oxygen mask instructions by the flight attendant. Who do they tell you to put it on first? Yourself. Yourself. What's good for you is good for everyone. A rising tide raises all ships. It's important that you take care of yourself. It's important that you take those holistic wellness, the mind, body, spirit aspect of it, which we'll continue to explore in our next podcast. So to review kind of what we did today was changing perspective using the horse analogy and the argument party, okay? Some different ways of approaching conversations and particularly active listening. So what would you be taking away from today's podcast, Mike, other than the ringing sound of my voice? I would take away, uh, especially as we are being social in different ways, to be more engaging. Yes, it is. It is really, and this is honest, and I hope everyone out there speaks honestly when I can tell you, Mike, that it's so good to hear your voice. (laughs) You too, Jim. It is, it is just excellent to hear your voice. And at the end of every podcast, we suggest and give a free prescription. Fruits, nuts, and vegetables. Unplug your television and take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we ask that you fish without bait. Forgive yourself, forgive another. Do a kindness for yourself, do a kindness for another. Till all are free, none are free. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com, where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of Fishing Without Bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.